you are listening to the Empowering Indian Expats podcast. If you are an Indian living abroad, feeling stuck in an average 9 to 5 or a job or business that's not helping you reach your full potential, this is the podcast to tune in where you will find your role models and learn from their dream struggle victory stories. This is your host Ehsan Ali, a long-time IT professional living in Sydney, Australia, who has made it his mission to find and unpack these stories, strategies, and life lessons of successful and inspiring Indian expats to help you and I reach our full potential. Today's guest is very interesting. He became an accidental entrepreneur at 16 when he had just failed in his 12th exam. He ran his business for 10 years and of course did pass his 12th exam the next year and also did his graduation while continuing to run his business. After he sold his business he consulted with World Bank in India and then moved to Australia for his masters. He got his first job as a project manager, did it for a while and then started his business uh, in cyber security. Today Stickman the name of his company is a successful fast growing cyber security business. I'm keen to learn from Ajay Unni about his cyber security business success journey. At the same time I also want to understand how the early life failure impacted him later on how was the experience running a software company from 16 to 26 with no professional background also how did he get a project manager role in australia after completing his masters i hope to learn much more than these questions uh, so let's talk to ajay unni to get the answers get some inspiration and some real learnings from his entrepreneurial journey steering committee approved the budget in that same meeting it was better than 5 million and it was better than 5 years yeah uh, they said oh, 1.868 months we'll risk it with this guy for 8 eight months later we delivered the project on time under budget for 1.2 million so saved them 600k in that process become a huge success went to the md level everybody loved it and, and guess what every other tough project started coming to me right after that and that's how i built my brand as an individual you know and that was a time i i said i i want to set up something i can't keep running this so from 5 days a week slowly i i was quite fortunate i could and because i was really good at what i did probably they were a bit flexible with me from 5 days i went to 4 then 3 then 2 and then one day and then finally zero days a week direct billable work but as i reduced my days is when i started building the stickman go to market pitching for other work and, and it was very tough it was it was nowhere close to even thinking it's easy especially when and those are the days when i look back and said i should have spent some time properly strategizing and said okay i'll do this and this is all i was just throwing myself and trying different things and hustling my way right mm-hmm. i met a i met a very successful entrepreneur and ceo the other day when i was say met over the phone he, he was saying ajit and he's built multi million dollar businesses right mm-hmm. and he still calls himself a hustler and i'm like oh, my <laughs> i'm the smaller version of him <laughs> you know mm-hmm. but either that i was just a, i was just hustling my way through winning some opportunity or the other so basically that was a time i said instead of just being a project management company we can be a security services and project management company mm. that's when the shift happened to be a pure security player and that really impacted the business because suddenly stickman from a project management is now saying oh we'll do pci compliance so it took almost a year for people to even accept us as a entity which would do that right because there was not decent planning and marketing and messaging and even if you had that you know you don't have millions of dollars in budgets to market your product you're mm-hmm. just doing one on one marketing right mm-hmm. you know you're talking to one customer at a time right it's very difficult uh but uh, rest is history man so we we started winning small projects um and dilip was one of the persons who gave us our first 
uh, one of our first projects in that PCI compliance space. So you were doing auditing, uh, is it? So yeah, so payment card industry data security standards audit uh, and compliance uh, projects. And we were still running it as projects. We were doing project management work. Uh, then people said, oh, you can, why can't you do the whole thing and certify us too? Then we became a qualified security assessment company. We got certified for that. Uh, so there's the, there's a backstory to all of this. So while we were doing project management, we were billable and that was paying the bills and we we're trying to build this parallel business. Mm. Uh, a very close friend of mine from 20 years ago got in touch with me. He said, you need some money to build your business. You know, so he put some money in. <laughs> So again, it's all. This I think we, I want to find out this secret. Uh, Ajay. <laughs> the money comes to you whenever you need. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's funny. Like it's just you. It's like literally creating an intention, and and I've had many intentions which haven't turned mm. into reality, right? Mm. Mm. But there are many intentions which have turned into reality too. Mm. So I think when I'm in my you know negative state, I obviously you you're tending to look at. Oh, I what wanted that and I didn't yeah. get that. I wanted yeah. that. But if you look, make a list of what I want, what you wanted and what you got, mm. you'll be pretty surprised, right? I, you know, I, I, what I, an intention can I'm do. completely with you. So every day I do acknowledge and you know show my gratitude to being alive and all of those things. And I was able to relate to some of your stories. And you can't really figure that out until you look back. As, as Steve Jobs said, you can only connect the dots backward. You were on the story of the stickman and trying to understand right now you were one and then you started to uh, step back you started to hire employees so you were hiring employees who were uh, guys who could do audit in uh, payment pci so the stickman story is a bit convoluted so I, as i said i started on my own i was doing my own consulting or project management work and then this opportunity occurred to do pci consulting or that pci project literally created the opportunity that Oh, maybe we should get into this this zone or this area. So I used to be in touch with my cousin, who is also was in IT in India, Satish, who mm-hmm. unfortunately is no more today, my late cousin Satish. So I said, Satish, hey, why don't we do something in this area together? And he kind of became my de facto partner. We didn't sign anything up. But there was another company who said, we, they'll invest some money with us and Satish will build the business in India and all that. We tried that for about six months. It didn't work out. And then those guys stepped away. So I told Satish, listen, we'll try it on our own, man. I, I'm anyway making some money through this consulting. I'll put some money back into the business to us, for us to build this uh, capability, right? And he was in India. I was here. So we actually set up Stickman in India. And that was the birth of actually creating Stickman as an entity which will do this consulting. And after that 2009 period, sorry, what was this? This is 2006, I started consulting. Seven, we won that first project. 2008, April, we finished that project. And 2009 is end of 2000, sorry, end of 2008 is when Stickman officially got created in India and then we started, you know, And the GFC the hit at the same time. So, yeah. But security was still hot in those okay. days, and especially PCI compliance okay. was still a kind of a need needed thing. But we were new in the market. Nobody knew us. They knew Ajay. They didn't know Stickman. They knew mm. Ajay as a great project manager, and that's about mm. it. Right? Mm. And obviously, there are other project managers too who are really good at what they do. But I had built that brand. But for people to accept us as a PCI compliance was very difficult. So then... We said we tried selling project management in PCI, but there were not many takers. So then we, in 2009, we said we'll go register with the PCI council, become a member. And that was a period, this other friend put some money. With that money, we could set up all this stuff. There was also an opportunity to create a product during that period. So we said that money we'll use to create a product. Everything went pear-shaped. All the money got wiped out. The product didn't get built. There was this big bank who said, who will buy this product. They never bought it. They went and did what they wanted on their own. Satish was in India. I had an employee here. I'm like, what the hell, man? I'm still doing three days a week and trying to survive. And So nine and 10, all this drama was going on. This two years, we were trying to be doing small projects here and there. 
we had this money that kind of kept us going till about 10, but I said, enough is enough, right? So end of 10, I said, I'm going to stop working. I'm going to bite the bullet and go full-time as CEO of Stickman. That is Feb 2011 was my last working there as a contractor hmm. running Stickman at the same time. So end of Feb 2011, I go full-time as, as CEO of Stickman and then I start hitting hard, right? whatever connection I can think of, even wake up dead bodies and say, give me a connection. And you know, and there were a few people like Abhijit, he said, uh, his great friend. I was just talking to him randomly. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm doing this PCI company. He's like, oh, you know, I just finished a very large project in my company for that. And I'm like, what? So he was in payments and I didn't even know Abhijit is in payments. Like, mm. so stupid of me, right? So then he says, Ajay, don't worry. Go into my LinkedIn profile. Make a list of all the people you want to talk. Send me the list. I'll connect you with all of them. Wonderful. <laughs> Same way Dilip. Dilip said, yeah, you tell me who you want. I'll connect. So this basically networking. And I was not a traditional sales and marketing guy, but inherently I, and that's another funny story, which I'll tell you towards the end. I think we've gone way beyond time now. <laughs> I, I'm really uh, enjoying the story. It's it's. I, I forgot that we are on this podcast. I've learned a lot and I will put the unedited version of this on YouTube as well. <laughs> so, so through these little connections, and as you said, I got into the uh, Australia India Business Council, I was leading the IT chapter, so I was running events, so some connections to that. But ultimately, it was just, you know, working your ass off, right? Building the connections and getting some projects through. It was very tough. It was not easy at all, man. And uh, that one staff I had, he, he wanted more salary. We couldn't pay him. We let him go money was running out and we just stuck to our guns and we said we'll keep doing this man like I just didn't I couldn't think of anything else it, there was one period which became quite severe to a point like every year we go out uh, on a getaway with our friends it's a weekend getaway literally for three days Friday Saturday Sunday and that year my wife said do you really want to spend that $500 for accommodation and I actually called my friends and said, listen, I'm going through a tough period. And I could have told them any cock and bull story that we're busy. But I said, listen, I can't put this money now. It's a tough period. You guys go enjoy. But I just want to let you know, this is what is going on in my life. And that what we talked about authenticity. I don't like to bullshit my way into life. Mm. And mm. if I'm doing well, I tell people I'm doing well. If I'm not doing well, I tell people I'm not doing well. And that's who I am. You get what you get, what you what you see, right? Mm. And that's the journey, right? Really, at the end of the day, for for most for me at least, and I can sleep knowing that I've not cheated or told mm. a lie or mm. made up stories. So anyway, so that period was very tough. We came to a point I couldn't pay the rent, so we had to leave that office, and then. I didn't realize I used a lawyer who actually said it's okay to have your personal guarantee in the rental agreement. So it was like the owner could have come after my assets. Mm -hmm. Luckily, they didn't come after us. They took our bond money and left us alone. So thank you for that. And <laughs> um, yeah, we went through some tough periods. And then I had a small serviced office, which was probably half the size of this room. And literally started all over again, man, like from again back to zero, right? So what was the problem? You were lacking projects? We didn't have projects. We got this investment money. We put it into building the product. The product didn't go live. Yeah. We had the wrong developers. Mm -hmm. They didn't do the right thing. Then we fixed that problem. We got the product running. We fixed that issue. But then... Time is running out, right? Mm -hmm. Clients are not going to wait for you to fix mm -hmm. your problems, right? Mm -hmm. So we, by the time we had the product, the clients had moved on and done other stuff. So there were four banks in Australia willing to bet on our product. Mm. And they were betting it against an existing established product vendor. Right. But we were local. We said, we'll do it here. We'll do it for much cheaper and mm. all that story, right? Mm -hmm. But we didn't have references. We didn't have the product. And these are big banks. Man. You can sit there for... 10 years and not get a single deal. Right? Mm, mm. But what is happening through all that period, 
the message was going out. We were traveling, we were investing in, in events and all the stuff and people were getting to know us. But we came to a point where money ran out, projects were not there. I didn't know what was the next step. And it was all a matter of reducing our cost to the bare minimum, keep it very, very sharp to the point and then build it back from there. So you started with taking projects again? Correct. So not for myself, but still in the security space in PCI. So again, we got lucky, or if you want to call it lucky, but uh, there was this accounting firm who was running an event and they said, we want somebody to come talk about PCI to our members. And suddenly we got access to 25 clients out of which all 25 were looking for PCI compliance. Wow. They did work. We didn't close all the 25, but we closed about eight or 10 clients over the next three, six months. So some revenue started coming. Then we hired a full-time salesperson to pick up the phone and start smashing the phones and build the network and connections. So she she really worked hard. Before that, I also had Modli had come as a student. We were not paying him anything. You know, we were initially paying him just uh, train fare to come in and out. Mm-hmm. And he was like my guy to do the delivery. And today, Modli is a director in the business. Fantastic. It's been a great journey for him. Like for for he's been one of the biggest pillars in the business for us. So this is eleven, eleven onwards. So eleven, twelve, thirteen was the defining years of Stickman, if you want to call it. Hmm. So eleven, I held it tight. We started winning some projects. Twelve, we hired the salesperson, and then we started winning projects and. Uh, 13, we moved Satish from India to Australia to Melbourne saying, we'll build now Stickman uh, out of Australia. You sit in Melbourne, I'll be in Sydney. And we started winning more projects. Then he comes for a project uh, visit to Sydney and there's a weekend trip. I said, let's go together with all my friends for a camping trip. And that's where he unfortunately drowned in the ocean and passed away. So this was November 2013, right? So big setback for us in 2013. He was my right hand. And then Murli kind of takes over that role in some capacity. Then I moved to India for about a month and a half because we had a full operation running out of India. So I, like everything was, he was running the entire back-end show, right? I was the front end of the business. So I never really replaced Satish's role. We continued from 2013, 14, 15 16, 17, 18, 19, you know, somehow managed, you know, and this is where Moodley was always there next to me, ensuring that we kept the business running and I was, you know, doing what I did. But fast forwarding to now, last year when the lockdown began, I think it completely grounded me, right? And I've had massive transformations in my life in the last one and a half years. And one of the things which I realized is I always was trying to be technical and that smart guy who could do that coding and software and consulting. Mm. But what I realized is my core strength is marketing and sales. Interesting. So this was the biggest, the next phase of my own transformation, right? Mm. Mm. So all these years I was doing advice. So I was kind of being the face of the business, but I was always portraying and thinking of myself as that, the expert. So as, that, as the expert. Yeah, I do. Have, I've got all the certifications and I can consult, but really my strength is in building that relationship, building the trust, mm. building the business, mm. understanding the bigger picture, mm. commercializing stuff, right? Mm. Which I never acknowledged about myself. It is so ironic that everybody who knows me sees me as that sales and marketing expert, but I never saw myself and never acknowledged myself as my true strength. So that's why I say throwing yourself in the deep end is all fine. It sounds very cool and very, very sexy and very adventurous, but it can be stupid too, right? You know, you could make some really stupid decisions, right? And this is one of the biggest distinctions I had. And then two years ago, we hired Paul in our business and then Paul took over the reins of delivery and Moodley being more technical, you know, he's he looks at innovation and, and de- developing new products in the business and stuff. And last year, because of the lockdown, 
and we had some issues with sales, sales numbers were dropping. So I took, I, and this is another thing, right? I have always had this notion of I can come in and fix things. Mm-hmm. I'm the fixer, I can mm-hmm. fix things. Mm-hmm. And when I started doing the fix and I started calling clients because I'd given sales away to someone else to manage, mm-hmm. clients were like, where the hell have you been for two years, man? So every client I called who my sales team couldn't get access to or couldn't get meetings for two years were giving me meetings in one call or one email. That's when it occurred to me, man, their connection to Stickman is through through me, not through anyone else. Hmm. I've always been the face, even though I was, was not calling them and having that relationship and keeping in touch with them. Hmm. And then I went for a alumni meeting at the university and my professor Ghosh uh, was introducing me to his students and he said, Ajay is the oldest member of our uh, research. Uh, but during Ajay's time, do you know, we used to have so many people visit our uh, uh, center. He was the face of the business and you got so much business. And I'm like, even the professor saw me as a sales and right. marketing person, not as a technical guy. Mm. And then many other people said that indirectly. And that's when the whole realization came that mm. my core strength is that being the face, marketing and sales, not necessarily the advisory bit or the consulting bit or the technical bit. Mm. I can have, I because I have the have the experience and the education, I, I contribute quite a lot to the vision and the growth from mm. a concept and an idea standpoint. But the real stuff is people like Movi and Paul are the people who know how to take it to the next level. Mm. So my last 18 months has been a major transformation of completely shifting Stickman's vision goal to a much, much greater level. Mm. Because three and a half years ago, I wrote a vision and goal for Stickman that we'll grow to this state. And I outsourced all the marketing, sales, everything to all different people and companies, and it was a complete disaster, right? We spent so much money, we were making money and we were spending money, but ultimately realized it was a complete disaster. In fact, I had a breakdown, right? Two and a half years ago, we were at our office get getaway party on a weekend, and I just, we had a few drinks, I came back to the room and I just broke down with my wife saying, I invested all this money, expecting a, some return, but you know, nothing happened and the money was gone. And luckily we were making money. So there was no issue about more money coming into the business. But I think that was one, one point or second or third time in my business career, I've had a breakdown. And I think this goes back to that principle about, yeah, I did throw myself in the middle of the ocean and try to figure out a swim. I, I still have a lot of juice and I can keep doing that, but I think it's not a sustainable model, if that mm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. In an emergency, yeah, you need to have that energy, but mm. don't live your life as an emergency, right? You know, mm. like putting yourself always in an emergency situation. Mm. Today, when I take, you know, there are things I have, I sit on it and let it, it's not procrastinating, it's letting its time, like how you said, lift five yeah. kgs before... Yeah. 80 kg dumbbell, you know, don't go to the 80 kg dumbbell straight away. So I I let it build the momentum and then it it happens. Then you get an outcome. Then you acknowledge that outcome. Then you set the next goal and then you build that and you build that and you build that. And yeah, no doubt I have had no regrets for what I've done, but uh, I've had so much of fun. I did it all at my terms. You know, didn't give a shit about anybody or anything. Lived uh, lived a life completely free of any restrictions to a very great degree. Mm. Obviously, within limits after I got married, obviously kids and all that, you can't be a crazy head. But, you know, mm. even then, my kids also say, Dad, we are the kids in the house, not you. Because I'm still crazy in that sense, right? You know, mm. I like mm. to have, I want to continuously have fun, right? And take mm. risks and play around mm. and... Mm. So I think going back to the story of Stickman, you know, I can't be thankful enough, man. There are two things, right? One, it's not me. It's the people in the back end who make it happen, like Murli, Paul, uh, Anantu, Maria, Peter, you know, Priyanka. There are so many people who sit there 
ensure that every single client is looked after. And so looking after the core team and today, Paul and Murli will and Priyanka are come on board as the actual directors in the business. We are going to create stock options for them. You know, so, so, so I'm in the next phase of my journey. I've had bad experiences with partnerships in the past and that doesn't define the future for me, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. they are people who have been with us for a long time. They're loyal to Stickman. They, they support me and I'm recognizing them for for who they are and they are entrepreneurs in their own right like you said yeah. right yeah. you know i am an entrepreneur in my own right like there are as you said i know so many people who work for larger companies even smaller companies who actually act as if it's their own business yeah and that's the but way it has to be the era we are in uh, ajay we can't be a typical employee the way we had started everybody has to be like you ink me ink everybody is has to be like that to survive in this era you right know now. one person told me once not one few people have told me this oh you do this because it's your business and it hurts me so bad it's like an insult because i go back to them and say do you know when i work for other companies i worked as if it was my company that and i tell i now. tell some of my staff if you're here thinking it's my business and you're working for me you're doing a disservice to yourself. Yeah. Because when I work for other companies, I work as if it's my company and I gain so much of experience. If I leave, it's not a, it may be a loss for the company, but it's a massive gain with what I'm leaving. Yeah. Because I have learned so much in somebody else's, on somebody else's platform. Yeah. And if that person can acknowledge me and retain me and give me what I deserve, it's good for them and for me. If they don't, I'll go create something on my own. And I tell staff, if we can't give you what you need, you'll anyway go work for somebody or go create your own. Yeah. And don't ever say that, oh, I'm an employee, so I can only do this much. Yeah, there are companies where they don't let you do anything, but you may not be able to do something for the company, but do something for yourself. Learn a new tool. Use your spare time to enhance your knowledge. In a project, do go beyond your own you know, job description and make your client so amazingly respect you that they have to pick the phone and tell your company that, I don't want this guy to leave this project, man. Otherwise, I'm carrying the project. You know, people unfortunately are stuck with, oh, I'm not getting paid enough. Like for my first job, I was not getting all the other PMs. I didn't realize it only after a few months that they were, they were all getting paid much more than I was. Like I could have just sat there and said, oh, these guys didn't pay me. But they gave me three raises because they had no choice. In six months, they had to give me three raises because I was I was just smashing it out of the park. Is it just Australia or in other countries in terms of team size, in terms of services? If you can but just it's still a small describe. business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're between 20, 30 and 40 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still a small business, Australian India presence, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, customers in know, Australia? Mostly Australia okay. based. We had few in Asia Pack. We still mm-hmm. have a few here and there, but nothing significant. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the story of Stickman right now, what we have created over the last 18 months has been significant focus, growth, focus and growth in the area we want to grow. We see a big demand for cybersecurity in the small to medium business sector. The large ones can afford millions of dollars, but the small ones are the ones who need more specialized, structured. So we're doing some smart things around it. Mm -hmm. I can't speak about it yet openly, but uh, Mm -hmm. we've done a restructure now. So we have Stickman Cyber uh, group, Stickman Cyber Group International as a, as a main holding company. And we've got two entities underneath, which is the Stickman Cyber, uh, which Service. is the consulting services business yeah. and Stickman Cyber IP. So that's where we are building a new IP, which will then proliferate back into the consulting business and then back into the market, right? And we'll, so IP we're is not at, product, right? IP is not product or it is product. IP is product, yeah, right. intellectual property. Yeah, yeah. So all our intellectual property, we build, uh, that's why I can't discuss what that's the okay. product I think I got an yet. idea. So you have not left the dream of building product. In fact, you are going back in there and uh, you have much so more strength. that's another beautiful now. story, right? So this product idea, as I said, 10, 15 years ago was completely devastated. We lost all the money, no business. It's in some archive sitting somewhere. And it's always been there in the back of our mind, right? I've never let go of it. Obviously, we survived through consulting. 
So because product, we kind of got the consulting business going and we've survived and we've done really well. So I meet Dilip, the, one of our first clients, right? Uh, after many, he messaged me about saying, so there's some not-for-profit needs some help in cyber. Can you help? So I helped them out. He said, is there anything I can do to help? I said, we'll see. Let's have coffee. So in that conversation, he kind of puts the seed back in my head un unknowingly for him saying, Ajay, if this is your plan, you want to grow, you should think about creating a product. So same day after the coffee, same evening, I make a call to a family friend who had told me about what he did in his previous job in this area. And it was like parked somewhere in my brain. I said, can you walk me through that whole story, what you did? And he said, this is what I did. And that was just for me to confirm that this is exactly what I wanted to do, right? I said, how soon can we meet? He said, yeah, I'm free this Friday. So that's saying, this is 13th May, we meet, whatever the Friday is you can do the calculation the calendar we meet we spend two and a half hours do a complete whiteboard next week he gives me a budget to build the prototype and the minimum viable product this is uh, early june prototype to be ready end of july so last night we had the uat of the prototype so that product which i'm tempted to say the name but i can't no, that, that's okay uh, i think uh, the whole idea <laughs> is my to... cyber product yeah. mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. is back live we yeah. The prototype is done. The team has accepted it. We are going live in production on the 2nd of August uh, next week. And MVP development has also been approved. So have we you, have the MVP will be ready. Have you pre-sold already to some customers? No, no. So this is uh, for internal consumption inter initially. And then it will go to customer facing next year. So, so it looks like the idea is you will enhance your productivity by using your uh, product and later on it will be implemented in customer place as well. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. So, so we've, it's been amazing the story that the vision I had 15 years ago when Satish was there, I said we should have 500 or 5,000 people sitting behind and be able to manage cybersecurity for thousands of clients mm. is kind of becoming now mm. a potential reality, right? Obviously, we tried doing that 10 years ago. Yeah, it didn't work out, but probably but not the right the time. Journey also. back again. Mm. So I will refrain from using the words, letters, or words such as if if we make it and stuff. We are building okay. it and we'll make it, right? The result we'll know <laughs> in in a few months and few years. But we are on that path right now. And the language what you use is also extremely important in in business or in life, right? When you say tell to your partner or your wife you don't say if i love you you say i love you right and you, <laughs> you know so there's certainty in language yeah 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 so create that certainty in language be assertive be polite be humble there's only this much in life i look at some great leaders in businesses who are quote unquote in a job but i admire them right i wouldn't be able to do it because if i get in there i'll, I'll destroy myself but for them to deal with large company politics stick to their guns, be authentic. I've seen it is possible. Definitely. Right? In fact, one of the biggest things I say is if you're unhappy in your job, just leave it and borrow some money if you have to live. It may sound easier than done, but my point is, guys, if you're not happy, how much of a money you make, it's going to just be met some senior leaders who have done extremely well, but mm. come and tell me, confide in me saying, Ajay, 30 years, I've never been really happy in this job. Mm. I just did it because it pays the bills. Now, 30 years later, <laughs> they just want to leave. And I'm like, well, it's never too late. I'm At one of them, Ajay. It took me 22 years to realize that. But it's not like I was not happy in my job. There has been moments where I've really enjoyed working. But overall, it looked like I'm not the best fit. So anyway. As I said, yeah, I have great respect for people who can do that. A unique skill to have to work within a defined boundary yeah, yeah, yeah. and still be successful and still achieve. Yeah. And, and I'm going down that path. I'm bringing in more people into the business. It's no more going to be Ajay uh, Stickman. It's yeah. going to be multiple people with multiple roles. And they've. so I'm bringing that whole, whole thing back into my own life. And sometimes you have to live within the boundaries of, you know, what you build. And then you create exit paths where you can go do these adventurous things and come back. But don't leave the mothership and let it sink. Right. So, so there are a lot of messages in what you have been sharing, Ajay. So you did not really talk as business, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. But through the story, uh, you have covered a lot of uh, points which are really vital. The way you have dealt with people. Uh, the way you have taken names of people, the way you remember them for their contribution and 
it's so authentic and i think end of the day that's what really works is what my understanding the other day i was interviewing a gentleman by name bob berg who has written a book called go giver and same thing he said you know it's all about authenticity you add more value that you will definitely get the return but be receptive and so on so forth so whatever you shared it just feels right to me in in closure we have taken a lot more time than we we thought you said if you're not happy in your uh, job that you are doing uh, take a break see the your savings or whatever and do something on of your own so if you had to do something of your own at this point in time uh, and you have been in the business for long enough you meet so many customers what are the different opportunities that you see for an it based individual to look at as potential opportunity to work in it's huge man like you know like even if you look at us uh, we are getting into this ip development it's a completely new area for us right i can be comfortable in just doing consulting right but if you look at it as such uh, i think the next phase is going to be rpa versus automation there's going to be machine learning ai ml artificial intelligence digitization of more products and services it's it's going to continuously keep evolving right because if you really see like i follow victor dominello on linkedin every week he's got three forms which are physical forms getting you know digitized for example so digitization or creating applications is going to be the future right we still there are economies there are countries there are organizations still running off paper form and manual processes we've really not completely like covid has pushed the limits for people to go and it's really tested the whole you know whether whether this it system even works right so there's huge opportunity so on this perspective uh, ajay say just give me this thought here so somebody leaves his job to start something and of course people have to have six months saving or whatever uh, where to start so there are so many aspects of business you got to have a customer you got to have a value proposition either you provide service or you build product if you are starting out new you can't really build a product because it requires cash so in my mind it makes more sense to start with a service so how would you see somebody fresh starting out in the journey where he could start to create cash flow in 6 months time and start to build upon from there so i'll tell you my story quickly so when i was working for itpm and then was got into this contracting job later of myself the contracting was only a point in time to go independent rather than be under a company that way i had more independence you would have figured out i'm not a big reader and stuff but i actually picked up a book about sales and marketing and you know i started reading but i lose interest in reading very quickly i just left it but one thing occurred to me is what is that i can do myself straight away so project management was the most obvious one mm-hmm. so that was a service as you said you can put your service you can offer your service as a contractor and start that now it's not easy to get a part time contract like two days three days to be full time so mm-hmm. be it right mm-hmm. so that's that's one way otherwise i have seen people who are in a job but then spend their weekends building a product right it's a slower process but then you build you go to your network and say this is my idea you pitch it to your people who you can get angel investments from and today building a product is really easy you have you, you heard my story within less than 2 months we could build a full prototype which we can actually use in production mm. it is possible right for for a for something what you built right okay uh, and then within 6 months you have a minimum viable product which means it's a minimum viable product means it's actually a product which people can potentially buy mm. now whether they buy or not you will know so you got 6 12 months you can potentially work in a part like this is this itself though it's our own business the entire project is done part time i have calls at 7:30 at night mm. you know to so this is after the stickman hours mm. all of us are spending time outside the stickman hours to build this product mm-hmm. we are doing weekend work on doing uat and stuff so we are saying we'll build this product in parallel so you build something part time and we have we have made the conscious choice so finally we have cash i can put a full time team and build this in 3 months but we're going to take 8 10 months to actually build it take our time use it share it with our clients make it something sustainable so it's a good story as in if you have no money or less money 
it's easy for someone like me to say leave your job and borrow money and it that is extreme risk right yeah, you know, your muscles like, is you know, already built in that area so for most people it will not work <laughs> correct so so you can throw yourself in the deep end but probably not right so that's where i say you can step back take a few steps okay draw the road map like for me we had somebody who could say okay this is six months journey this is what it's going to cost you this is the cost for hosting it then you can go like there is enough there's enough funding available in the market you can go pitch at funding series and stuff obviously please make sure that you're not in conflict of interest with your current employer or any such thing be authentic even all through my contract career i told them what i was doing Mm. I didn't have any reason they couldn't I was not a full time employee but I said guys I am running a business on the side this is what I do project management and I'm building it and I can't come full time but I'll get your stuff done don't worry so mm. they so even though as a contractor I always told my manager and the other people who I work with that this is what I'm doing two days a week outside mm. and some days if I had to go out during that day I'm working for them i would actually not build them for that right mm. in fact there's this funny story this first project of the pci compliance six months we were smashing it we were three people employed under stickman billing five days a week and then when the project finished there was not enough work so we send them invoices for only four days a week for three people and the cio called me and said hey what's going on man why are you charging us less i'm like there's no work so so he said you're the first contractor who's actually you know billing us less because nobody's checking right whether you've actually worked on that friday or monday but you know we never i said didn't you read my email i said we've got capacity let us know if you want to use us an additional day and he he obviously missed that email but when he was signing the invoice or approving the invoice he's like oh how come this invoice from stickman has come lower this fortnight and then i explained to him and he said ajay do you know how many contractors just sit there do nothing and send their invoice and i'm like well i don't know but this is how we work and that's how he retained us for 5 4 years plus he just started throwing projects left right and said like guys just get it done i think that's and more important than what you do the authenticity and uh, this trust building is the key and 4 5 years is pretty long uh, relationship to put you on the right track as a business and then they let us uh, allow us allow me to they everybody knew like some people obviously didn't like it or he's coming only 3 days a week but i got the job done at the mm. end of the day right? and i had that approval that i could work 3 days a week it was not that i was dodgily doing stuff and hiding things and people said oh, why are you telling everybody they'll come like well if they don't want then that's what i want to do but if they don't want me that's fine they can kick me out i'll go find something else right and it was a risk but there's no point telling a lie and then hiding and taking a break at lunch and good doing a quick meeting and i think authenticity is the key yeah, in all your messages authenticity and trust came as the key last two questions and we are done second last one is so as a business what is your biggest challenge today client acquisition is always the biggest challenge no matter what so you put out a job ad is that the one f- the same thing you put out a job ad a week back yeah think. yeah so business yeah so client acquisition for small business or even large businesses it's it's a constant challenge right we've been quite uh, fortunate but this is an area many businesses miss and for me to realize that i am the face and marketing and sales engine or the brain behind for stickman has helped stickman sustain itself and grow itself quite significantly over the last you know two years right so that always is is a challenge the second area is having good people around you because i can go like i probably come out quite authentic and trusting but the, i can i'm only as good as what gets delivered tomorrow right yeah, you know yeah, true. Really if true. the team doesn't deliver they'll say oh ajay is a great guy but he's got a shit team man. yeah or and i can't live with that you know i'll i'll probably drown myself <laughs> if i hear that so so or i'll roll up my sleeves and go do the job in fact there's a rule in stickman if you get anything less than 4 out of 5 in a ranking if it's 3 out of 5 there's a rule that they have to stop invoicing inform me i call the client i understand what happened if we can fix the issue but we actually don't don't allow them to invoice 
if the service experience has been bad. That's how seriously I take service. Even though I'm not involved in service delivery, I said, don't send the invoice. Let me know what the hell happened. I want to talk to the client, mm. right? So now the delivery team <laughs> makes sure that they get a four out of five. <laughs> so you don't so have to get there, yeah. It's it's not, it's everybody's reflection, right? It's not yeah. that I want to Just put you. my service team down. Mm. You know, I understand. in fact, there was a funny story where one client actually gave us a three out of five and I called her and she said, oh, I gave you three out of five because the form you sent was manual and I had to print it out. And that's why I'm like, sorry, but you were assessing not the form, but you're assessing the work. What you did. No, no, the work was great, but the form process is crappy. Mm. What we did immediately, we went online. Wow. So wow. previously they were sending a Word document, which you had to type, print, put, sign. Yeah. Anyway, you got a, a good a good feedback. So in terms of uh, your, so you're looking for somebody in sales, is it? Correct. Okay. And in terms of good quality people, you're looking at certain kind of people in delivery as well? Delivery, there's constant need and I don't look after delivery. How do you From advertise the roles? Is, How do you advertise the roles? So, so mostly through LinkedIn, okay. right? Through uh, your we company? Don't seek through your company? Through the company or my profile or Paul's profile. Okay. But we get a lot of incoming inquiries, significantly. Like okay. pressures, experienced people. So we kind of use our own staff network okay. to find people. That's the first port of call. Yeah. Then second port of call is we go online. Sure. So if somebody has to show interest in working with you, they go through the job post and that's that's the way to go. Job post. Or they can send me a message or send uh, you know Paul or Murli, one of us, or Priyanka a message. And then we can... We can do that. Um, any any uh, particular type in sales or somebody who's got uh, uh, cybersecurity sales experience? Or? So this was not this was not a very senior sales role, as you saw. It was a business BD specialist, like an in, in like an what what's the word? Uh, there's called uh, there's another title for it. Uh, inside sales kind of a person, right? who's working alongside with me, managing all the proposals, follow-ups, meeting, booking, obviously pitching for new work and stuff like that. So so it's not a very senior. We will be looking at somebody more senior who will potentially replace me in that capacity of sales, but that's going to be down the track okay. probably next year sometime. Okay. And what's the best way, the last question, what's the best way for people to... Uh, reach out to you if they want to connect with you in terms of talking about uh, business itself or if they see opportunity or somebody kind of wants to reach out to you for advice some sort of mentorship and things like that linkedin man LinkedIn. Yeah, i live on linkedin day in and day out so that's that's fantastic <laughs> uh, any I, we had like really long conversations so really appreciate your time ajay and uh, personally i got a lot of it I'm talking to you for the first time, but it didn't feel like we got uh, really deep and I got to really know you as a person. We had quite a few business conversations, but it was more about living life uh, authentically is what one line and input for me. So I'm really honored uh, you, you came on this call. Thank you so much. Oh, same here. Really honored to be on your show. So and I wish you all the best. Thanks. And I hope it uh, goes to more countries and more people. And definitely, <laughs> and you, you know, someday I can, you know, say, oh, you know, I got a chance to be on that podcast. And you definitely, like, <laughs> definitely, that uh, definitely, I want to expand it. And uh, when I wanted to do something on my own, I could not really find enough people in my surrounding whom I can look up to. So the endeavor that I took to, I had I had not even heard the word podcast when I decided to start. February is when I heard about the word podcast. And uh, March I decided to launch, May was my first uh, episode went out. And uh, today, this is like 12th or 13th interview, but now I know so many Indians or from subcontinent Indian you, who have already taken the leap and successfully transitioned into entrepreneurship. I'm also starting to connect with people who are doing the kind of entrepreneur within the organization. So the network is expanding and uh, my goal is to take this message out to so many people who feel stuck and they think there is no way out. And there are so many examples I'm bringing on. So 
there is no dearth of uh, example to let people know that it's all possible and i really appreciate you and everybody like you who's you know taking time out to spread that message so thank you very much no very cool very cool i can introduce you to somebody who started a venture which didn't go ahead and he's back in he may be willing to speak to you so oh, that would be wonderful that be so when yeah. so there was a time uh, ajay when i was like oh it's all about entrepreneurship and i kind of looked down on co- corporations now eventually when i started to talk to more and more people like you i realized no that's not the right thinking not everybody is built for entrepreneurship but within the organization you can be an entrepreneur like the intrapreneur and that's fine that's fine it doesn't the entrepreneurship is not the only, only way to live an entrepreneur can only do this much he still needs people who can take his vision and make it a reality right Hmm. like what we have built today is not possible if morley and paul weren't there and the larger team right i can keep talking vision and ideas and amazing stuff and blah 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 right for but they are entrepreneurs in their own right yeah, right you know, yeah. they've got their role they know what they have to do and and they have never really worked with the mindset of an employee too right and that's the distinction you have to draw yes right? yes you can be in a company and say i am an employee i only do this much you know and i told you that story when people told me oh because it's your company you work so hard and it's an insult right it's an insult to me and an insult to 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 actual those entrepreneurs who are actually doing great stuff right true, you know true, true. it's a mindset um, issue ajay that's what i want to break that even you do your job you're doing business doesn't matter the mindset of owning the outcome working as if you are the one who make the difference and collaborate with everybody else rather than thinking of this is my role and that's your role and that's where the problem is so anyway good good talking to you and thank you very much ajay thank you for listening to the empowering indian expats podcast with your host hasan ali hope you enjoyed the story and learned few things about building business mindset of success power of intention building long term relationships living authentically and taking risks i thoroughly enjoyed the conversation with ajay and picked up tons of wisdom from his journey being comfortable with uncertainty is my number one takeaway i also learned that it is in our control to respond consciously to life events uh, be it failure or success in terms of business i liked him asking for the most difficult project from his customer you know more risk more reward a hidden lesson in his conversation was how he treats people he is still friends with the people who helped him 20 years back and that's probably the reason when he puts the intention out there with no resistance he somehow gets the help and gets the outcome our surrounding contributes a lot to who we become uh, it was so evident in ajay's story of the impact the business owners and ceos of companies whom he served from age of 16 to 26 Networking is another key factor in success, uh, be in business or in job. So let me know what were your key takeaways, and uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn if you are wanting to explore new opportunities. Uh, I might be able to help you myself or connect you with someone who has already done what you are thinking of getting into. 